Shut up and sit down. Hi, welcome to Outrageous, a podcast where we talk about race, media, culture, politics, and everything in between. My name is Chris. I'm in New York City, and I'm joined by my very best friends, Trisha in LA. Hello. And Jason in DC. Hello. And today we are joined by our other very best friend, Lindsay. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Hi. So everyone listening right now is like, who is she? What is she going to be talking about? And where is she? Like, what is her deal? So, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about why you're on the podcast and what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. To answer the question, Jason asked me to be on the podcast, but um, I think the reason why he asked me, because I have so much to say about cooking, about passion, about following one's dream, about culture, about how we eat nationally, culturally, just just everything, how food is the heart of so many things. I think that's why he asked me to come I, here. I mean, that sounds like a lot. So I see that you're wearing an interesting outfit. Why should we listen to you when it comes to cooking? <laughs> well, because I'm the boss. Um, <laughs> just so you know. So I have several years of experience. I actually uh, am a career changer quick story of me. I actually went to Towson University. I went to, because I wanted to be the next Oprah. I wanted to be in front of the camera. And when I pursued that, I quickly realized, I don't know if that's for me. So I just went in, graduated and kept it moving. Then in the middle of my time at Discovery, uh, because that's where I was, I realized I love, I'm a woman of service. That's what I love to do. And I love food. And so I put the two together. I quit my job cold turkey. I went to culinary school, used up all my savings, went back home, went to my mom. And from then on, this life has literally been a journey. I never thought that I would be where I am today. I thought that I would just be working in the restaurants, which I hated. Um, And then little by little, things happened in my life. Opportunity that I took, I didn't hesitate. I just went for it. And here I am today. I have all kinds of experience from teaching people how to cook to cooking for uh, hundreds of people to um, demoing. I mean, I've been in front of the camera. I've done it all. And so I have a little bit of expertise, which is why I am where I am now. We are, Which is where? I am currently the dining service director for Brightview Bethesda Woodmont. This is a upscale senior living home, but I manage the dining service. It's not, you know, when you think ner- nursing home, people think mashed potatoes and gravy. And, Sounds delicious. And green beans <laughs> that are overdone. <laughs> fancy pants and you know we have veal scallopini and scallops and shrimp and all that yummy jazz so you're spoiling those old people and i am i am they are they eat good (laughs) (laughs) they definitely do i met Lindsay my third date with Lindsay's cousin more than three years our third date was in cooking class with Lindsay. That was our last date before we decided to make it like we're committed to each other. Amen. So Lindsay deserves a lot of credit. But I've now been in 
multiple cooking classes with Lindsay, I've learned to cook Asian food, Italian food, and she's a fantastic teacher, and that's why I'm excited she's Thank you, Jason. I do want you to know the reason why you guys are still together is because I told her it's a go. Thank you. So what was it about cooking that you were like, this is, this is what I want to do? Like you, you said you were a career changer and so, there, was yeah. the, there was a real pull oh, to yeah. culinary arts for you. What was it? Where did that start for you? If I'm going to be honest with you, in my sad time while I was working for Discovery, the corporate life, I would watch two things. I would watch the Food Network, Rachel Ray, all day <laughs> long, or I would watch the ESPN, the poker, late at night. So I either was going to be the poker, poker. Oh, playing poker. I thought there was a show would, called the poker about like a, <laughs> like a fireplace and like what happens there. Or Yeah. So I either was going to be playing poker for the rest of my life or that. And I, what I loved about it was I would get so inspired with Rachel Ray. Like she would literally just go make something look so easy. And then I would want to go make it. The one time I did, my mother was like, oh, this is so good. And I like the feeling. I got addicted to the feeling. Mm. So then I wanted to keep doing that over and over again. Now, the one thing I didn't share is that my family is from Haiti. Mm-hmm. So when, and I mean no shade when I say this, Rachel Ray, if you hear this, don't get upset, okay? But I'm listens, only here cooking. Way, so. You said what? She listens, so be she's, careful. She's, she's oh, our okay. biggest fan. Don't yeah. be mad, Rachel. Oh, she's texting but... me right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> But when I would cook the food that she would cook, and not to say that it was bad, my family's from the Caribbean, so we're used to bold, spicy, salty, yummy foods, and I would go and take this dish that I'm thinking is the bomb.com, and I'm not, because that's not what they're used to. When you're yeah. Cooking, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a Caribbean girl. They want spicy. They want big. They want bold, and I'm making, I'm sprinkling a splash of basil, like, my mother's like, what is this? But I introduced something different to her. And she was like, okay, I can try it. And ever since then, I got that bite. I really just love the feeling of feeding people and seeing how, how good they felt afterwards. They felt satisfied. And I wanted more of that. So I actually went to my boss and I said, I need you to fire me so I could collect unemployment. And I can take home their school. Because I didn't want to just quit. I want the paper. So I said, look it up. He said, no, you need a better plan. Um, So we made it happen. And that was it. I just, I just really, what I'm addicted to is really seeing people fall in love with what I produce and then being happy with it. And then the cooking, the teaching part of it, my favorite part of opening someone's mind to something new is uh, there's there really is such a thing as the aha moment i know oprah talks about this all the time but you can literally see someone's face go from i don't get it to oh my god like their whole face goes whoa like it, it opens up so much that i fell in love with that so i wanted more of that it fed my soul it fed it made me cook better um, and so I just wanted to keep giving that to other people. So that's where all that passion comes from. If when you were, so you you do cooking classes and stuff, right? I so did not anymore. You did, did you did cooking yeah. classes for Jason and and your cousin. Yeah. So 
when people come to cooking classes, what kind of experience are they looking for? Like, are people looking to like learn gourmet stuff, or is it like people like me who are like, look, I can make eggs and that's it. Um, <laughs> help me cook something. No, like, you know, why do people come to to come to cooking classes? They want an experience. They could either just be, you know what, I know how to cook. I just want to take my cooking to the next level. Or someone like you who's like, I, I just know how to make eggs and I want to make another dish for myself, for my friends or my family. Or they're out with friends and they want to do something fun. So they decide, let's do a cooking class. Those are usually the three major reasons why people want to um, come into something like that. And it's my job to gauge it and make sure that I, I fulfill the need that they are looking to get. Lindsay, what I'd love to hear from you about what I observed in your class. I felt like there were certain coded messages that I was getting. So, and I've been in a couple of your different classes with people of different ages, different races, different backgrounds. But I remember one of your classes, you were really forceful about when I tell you to put salt on, I'm not talking about a little sprinkle. And I felt it was directed at the other white people in the room and me because I know like I am guilty of making bland food. Okay. And so I, I'd love to just hear you talk about the challenges of teaching different kinds of cuisines yeah. to people from different backgrounds. Yeah. So here's the thing. In my many ex years of experience, I have found that culturally speaking, and I, I don't know how to say this without it being offensive, but culturally speaking. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're regularly we're, offensive. Okay, great, it's called great. outrageous. Yeah. It's called outrageous. Yeah. Bring it. So, the, the folk, I call them the folk, the, the white folk, but not just them. Like some other cultures, Hispanic even, don't like to use a lot of seasoning. The fear is either, if it's a medical thing, I understand it. But it's the miseducation of salt. And we could even flip it on the other side. Culturally speaking, white black folks tend to use too much salt, right? They're, they're covering flavors. There is a happy medium. But a lot of times when I talk to people about the use of salt, why is it there? The history of it, right? Salt is not just there to make something salty. It's there to elevate and make it uh, bring out the natural flavors. It's just how... An, the, the way you use it. So when I educate them, that's where I get a lot of the aha moments. But before I get the aha moment, I get the, oh, you're using way too much. You're trying to kill me. And then I have to do a tasting with them to show them, no, I'm not trying to kill you. If you're using the right thing, you'll see what it is I'm talking about. So it's, it's, it's always a push and pull. But at the end of my class, every single class, that's usually the one thing everybody says they've walked away with. They have a better understanding of how do you salt, why to use it. But it tends to be a cultural thing, I think. A lot of it is culturally speaking, I'm sorry to say. I mean, how did you, how were you raised, Jason? We never put salt on anything. Mm -hmm. like, but why? I, do you know why? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I can tell you, I, I have a vivid memory, eight years old, going to a friend's house who was also white, was, was from the South, and they picked up the salt shaker 
insulted all three dishes on their plate. And in my house, we like never did that. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just it wasn't the way we prepared our food. Right. I, I just think I, I think it starts off with maybe a, a, a health thing. But culturally speaking, us black folks, us chocolatey, yummy folks who, <laughs> who know how to cook you'll see a packet of salt. Now, here's where the chef and me goes. If I see you with the little $1.29 bottle with the girl with the umbrella on the bottle, the iodized salt, I will go to your house and snatch it from you because that's not what you should be using, right? Oh, you should be using impressive. kosher salt or Himalayan, something that's more natural because those things are made to be chemically salty. But that's where the education comes in. And yeah. people get more excited about, oh, then I can use this. Um, but we like to taste our food. It should taste good. It should not taste bland at all. At all. Uh, I learned. I learned. I'm all about are you, the salt are you now. Using, are you using that stuff that I share with you guys? Absolutely. And the other thing I loved about your classes is we weren't just learning recipes. Like you taught techniques how to cut different kinds of vegetables. And I actually had a lot of experience cutting vegetables. But I feel like I was able to take it to... Another level That's after your class. I definitely use I it. Want. There's more than one way to cut a vegetable? Depends and how to hold the knife? <laughs> which, you know, which motion to use? Like, Hello. Absolutely. Come on now, Jason. Let us know. <laughs> Come on here. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think... I mean, to your point about sort of culture, I think there was, I, I could have sworn that something came across my timeline where there was really an emphasis in sort of like the UK in not seasoning food because they, they actually thought like seasoning was uncultured, kind of like sun. You know, like if you want to make sure that you're not in the sun because it meant that you were a field person. So anyway, so somehow related. But I was curious about sort of like people's personal connection with food. And do you find that Sometimes there could be even like food trauma. <laughs> Does that sound weird? Wait, what does that mean? About? What, no, what, what do you mean by food no, because trauma? I think, no, I like it. Yeah, I mean, because in some ways you're talking about you have, this whole discussion about salt comes out. You're right. It does come out of a kind of fear, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you have salted the food and it's a health issue. But we know that sometimes historically you sometimes maybe use salt to disguise the fact that the food wasn't um, good, fresh or good right. or you weren't having access to food. So I'm, I often wonder um, that about like people in your classes who have sometimes real, um, maybe they have had an eating disorder or all of those kinds of things. How do you, um, do you sometimes encounter people who have a lot of resistance to the things that you're trying to communicate? Um, and because they may have a different history with food, you know, some people have a, I, I, I sometimes hang out with people who enjoy that they don't like food. That's weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, are you talking about me? I'm uh, right yeah. here. I was wondering. That if we're so get rude. No, I'm not talking about food. you, but it's like, you know, Is I live in California. intervention? No, I live in California. And I think sometimes people have a really sort of like conflicted relationship with food. Mm. They don't know how to sort of enjoy it. Right. And so mm. <laughs> I'm always That's... curious about, the, you know, it, it, because you, you seem to sort of really know a lot about not just cooking, but also food. And so I wondered if you've encountered people who you feel like they have a kind of conflicted relationship with food. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I can't say I have ever experienced someone that's had a food trauma. 
Um, not in that way. I know that when I've tried to teach different cultures of food, I've had people hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a time where this was just part of my job. I had to teach Scandinavian food and they were hesitant to listen to a chocolate woman talk about Scandinavian food. What do you know? Right. Or, um, or, um, folks who I would say, Oh, here's a big one. Um, culturally speaking, I know we can't keep saying culturally, but like in my classes, we talk about steak, for example, and I, 99.9% of the time, when I have black people in my class, I already know they're going to go, I want it well done. All day long. If I have white people, it's medium, rare, rare, right? Or still alive, or it's on the bone, blue, blue, mooing, right? yes. And so... Still bleeding, please. Still bleeding. And I have to find a happy medium. So what I do, I share with them how I like it. I actually like it medium rare to rare. And it's because I have educated myself. It's not, it's, it's not become a preference thing. It's just, I, I, I love the texture of it, but I had to explain to them why. And my black folks are like, girl, you know, you lying. That can't be the truth. And, I, <laughs> and then I say, let me cook it for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Let me cook it for you. And I want you to try it. And the hesitation is that is too, too far away from what I know. Yep. That's where the fear comes in. Cause I don't, I don't know that. And I don't want to try it, but then I kind of finagle them. They end up trying it. Cause I have a rule. You're going to try something before you say, I really don't like it, especially if you've never done it before yeah. and they try it and then they go, okay, <laughs> it may not be what I'm always going to do, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And so that's how I can connect with them. And, but when, if you're talking about like trauma, you know, I've never, I, I've never had that. I just have people either fearful of me sharing my experience or they are just fearful just I don't know this so I don't want to even do it and then it's my job to get them there and half the time they don't even know that I'm getting them there until they're there so I wanted to ask you just to this was sparked when you said that part of your job was teaching Scandinavian food how do you feel about the idea of food and food experience being universal in the sense that um, about a year or two ago, there was this, um, here in New York, I think, there was a white guy who opened this restaurant selling traditional Indonesian food and was profiting off it and didn't, he, he'd spent some time in Indonesia, brought all the recipes over here and was profiting for, for on it. And there were no Indonesian people working in the restaurant. And there was some noise about that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about um, food crossing boundaries like that? and being uh, created and marketed by people who don't necessarily share the culture. Does that something that bothers you at all or no? Jason, I, t- <laughs> I know I was going to say, oh I've started, just Chris and Trisha, you should know. I have started bringing up with Lindsay, you know, my soapbox. <laughs> About which one <laughs> about African Americans to you know oh, capital for their cultural creations? Mm-hmm. No offense to my Caribbean brother and sisters here, but you know, mm-hmm. people from the Caribbean coming and profiting off of traditionally African American culture. So, anyway, 
Lindsay and I have started having that conversation. She doesn't see it quite my way yet, but we're well, working on it. Can you let it. her answer, Lindsay? All right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I'm 50-50, I'm okay? When you say the word food is universal, to me that can be translated in so many different ways. Food is universal. That It's the heart of everything. Anyone, you, you come to the table and you can invite anyone to this table. And this is where we're going to meet. Um, but if we're talking about someone like this gentleman taking something that he saw or experienced and said, oh, I know that's not over there. I'm going to make money off of it. No, now you are a horrible person. You are taking from a culture. <laughs> you're taking from a culture and you're using what you think you know. There's no connection to it, but you're selling it for a profit. That's ugly. That's disgusting. That's not that's not what food for me is, right? It's it's a the best way that I can explain it is when I am showing my love for someone, if I'm on a date. Or um, if I am wishing my brother a happy birthday, I cook for them because it comes from my heart. There's a connection there. You'll, you'll taste a piece of the islands, my education, the French culture influence. You'll taste everything. But if you're not going to see me, you know, I had to teach that Scandinavian class, but I did my research on it. And yeah. I was honest about it. When I was teaching, I said, guys, I am not from Scandinavia. And everybody started laughing. No? <laughs> I'm not. And I don't speak the language. But here's what I do know. If you love cooking and you're willing to learn, then let's do this thing together. Let's make these dishes together. But I am not, I'm not stealing. I'm honest. I'm transparent. And I'm still passionate about the dish. So when you walk away from me, you're not feeling like, oh, she's, she's over here trying to make a buck off of something. No, you've experienced all of me. The, the lack of knowledge or the knowledge that I've gained from making these dishes, because we're doing it together. We're experiencing it together. But to, to say that someone, it's cool or okay just to do it, just to make a buck, it's not worth it to me. No, it's not cool. I don't like it. <laughs> you touched the nerve, Chris. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, you talk about this with me when it comes to music, right? And yep. there are some this things is Jason's pet issue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, look, I, what I would say is it's the worst of the worst when you have a privileged white person profiting off of a cuisine traditionally made by people of color. Sure. But I mean, that's what Lindsay's saying, right? No, but, I'm agreeing. The same breath though. Like I, I watch Netflix all the time and I forget the chef, but there's a chef um, who he went over to Asia, not Indo not Indonesia, but he actually, I think it was Japan. And he is a well-known chef, but he went to a restaurant, like a hole in the wall one day and had the best noodles ever. He said, I've never had anything like that. He went under the wing of the chef that was in that restaurant and he, and they taught him everything. He owns a restaurant down there and he has one up here. Would you say that he was making a buck? No, I think that he was very respectful of the culture. He was so in, he fell in love with that culture. And now he, you know, his, his restaurant is loved by so many, but he's not, and he's making money, right? But it's a genuine connection to 
the food. Is that is that bad? Is that a, is that wrong, Jason? Because <laughs> I see a face. No, it's interesting. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I appreciate that example. It's an interesting one to think about. I, I, I think it's interesting to think of food, whether in the cultural sense or the, the individual sense, as like intellectual property. Like the idea that right. like, oh, you can't do this. I can do this. Um, a couple of months back, me and uh, Trisha were in San Francisco. And there's like this ice cream place in San Francisco that's really famous. And someone, I think from Japan or China... Oh, boy. It was a different Asian nation. But somewhere from, from an Asian nation had come over on vacation. It was like, oh, this ice cream is fantastic. Went back to his country, opened up not one but two restaurants, same name, same names of the ice cream, same recipes, and just started selling it. And then, like, you know, in the U.S., like, the people here, like, filed a suit. And the other country was like, well, what the hell? These aren't our laws. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> That's Shady McGrady. It feels injurious, right? Because it's like, yeah. I created this thing that people love. But I just, it's interesting we're having this conversation. It's like, well, if it brings so, many, so much joy to people in San Francisco, would it not bring joy to people in this region of Asia? Like, yeah, but here's the is thing. it the money thing that makes it grody? No, I don't think it's that. I think it's the intent behind it. Yeah, I think so too. Right, like the guy that I'm talking about, he he never said, "Oh, this is this is me. I did this." No, he was. He is so clear to say, "This is where it came from." Okay. Mm-hmm. He shows respect and honor to it, yeah. and he he's oh, like this. I'm a white boy from San Francisco, like wherever he's from, you know, where this person was like, ooh, I can make a buck because this tastes good and I'm going to bring it over there. I think it's the intent behind it. Yeah. It's the genuine heart behind it. That is funny, though. (laughs) I I like the pure capitalist bend to that. That's just, it's so naked and so obvious. It's like, this is delicious. I'm going to make money off of it. It's good. It, this is this is how you this is how you make the dollars nowadays. There you go. Lindsay, people are gonna be listening to this. Thousands of people. <laughs> Rachel Ray. Yeah. Rachel Millions Ray. of people. Everyone, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people will be listening to this. Amen. What do you want them to take away from our brief conversation about cooking? What's the one thing you really want to get across to people about food or enjoying food? You you tell us. What do you tell them? That, let's see, um, never be afraid to step out of your comfort zone, whatever that means to you. Um, but for us, we're talking about food. Don't be afraid. I I always tell people, um, never yuck somebody else's yum. Oh, I love that. No, I say that all the time. You say that? I say that. Don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. Um, and don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. I went out to dinner with a group of girlfriends of mine the other day and they were like, Oh, I want octopus. And I was like, okay. And they're thinking calamari fried in a marinara sauce. And Mm -hmm. I know where we are. That's not what's about to come out on your plate. So they actually bring out octopus and they see it cooking and squirming and they are like flipping out. And I'm like, guys, you've never had this before. Don't 
don't just throw it away or return it, try it. And they did. But only because I was there and I made them try it. But now they <laughs> like it. You know, so don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Try something new every day. You you would probably be surprised what you like and what you can handle. And just be honest with yourself. You know, if we're talking about food, try it all. Don't be afraid to be fat. There's a saying about chefs. If you're a skinny chef, we don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> it just means that you don't eat what you cook. And that means problem with your now, now, Lindsay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Go. You know, you make great food. You've got great taste. But I think you should share with everyone what's the dish you like that is like the greasy, not highbrow cuisine from oh. IHOP. <laughs> oh, well, IHOP? anything from IHOP is delicious. Okay, the pancakes? Stop playing. Well, Hello. No, I thought Hello. I thought you really like chicken tenders from IHOP. Oh, I have that right? okay, okay. So that is the meal that I get. Instead of the chicken and waffles, I do the chicken tenders with the pancakes because I love the pancakes. <laughs> but if you're really wanting me to be honest and real, real, what I love, I love a good chicken wing. I'm a black girl, okay? Listen, I like chicken and I love a good <laughs> chicken wing, the wingettes to be exact. I love deep fried everything. Yes. I have no shame. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. People ask me all the time, do you cook this way at home? Do you really think I would cook this way at my house? For what reason? <laughs> By myself. Why would I sit here and cook all this food? No. I will drive down the street and get a burger, okay? Let someone else cook for me. Hunzi, <laughs> we're going to ask you for a recommendation, which is something on the topic of cooking that you think people should see, hear, read, or experience. Oh what's, some, what's something you think that you would advise people to pick up or look at or do to like get deeper into their connection with food and cooking? Okay. Julia Child's Anything and Everything. Um, <laughs> to be clear, that's not the name of a book. You're I saying. know. <laughs> But more and okay, Julia Child's her cookbook. Julia Child's anything, okay? okay. Can't go okay. wrong. It's a good answer. Um, oh, or Anthony Bourdain, no reservation. Anything of his um, is great, although he's dead. Bless his heart. But yeah. But we can still read his books because that's how Absolutely. books work. Julia Child is too, right? Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say unless you know something we don't. Living. No, no. Julia <laughs> Child is like Jesus Christ, okay? Forever living in my heart. Anthony Bourdain, I don't really care. But. Oh, okay. Oh, well, sorry. And, and on it's that note. Turn. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us for this episode oh, of Outrageous. Goodness. You are a delight. Thank you. you I hope I was able to answer all of your questions. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank so thanks, much. Lindsay. And Bye. 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 Bye.